Welcome to Anchor FM, the home of Be Of Podcast. I am your host, Sharon Gully, and today we have another amazing guest. He is a best-selling co-author and so much more. Let's all give a warm welcome to Wade Bloodgood. Good afternoon, Wade. Good afternoon, Sharon. We are so happy are to... I am wonderful. Thank you for asking. Uh, we are so happy to have you here with us today. Uh, you're such an incredible young man, and I'm pleased that you're joining us here on BF Podcast. And I want to say thank you for your beautiful addition to Spiritual Spectrums. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. We're just going to go ahead and just go right on in, and I would love for you to tell our listeners about you. Well, I'm Wade Bloodgood. I'm 45 years old. Um, I am a lover of nature and everything to do with outdoors. And um, I buy and sell products for a living. And I am, encourage people to do mind exercise, which is positive affirmation and positive self-talk. And um, yeah. That's pretty much it. I, I know like you sent me a script and everything of what we we're going to talk about, but I can't pull that up either. So I'm trying to remember what I wrote down. <laughs> well, that is quite all right. We will just swing with it. <laughs> uh, I know you have an amazing little dog and I have to mention him because I love the pictures that you post about him all the time. Can you tell us a little bit about your little dog? <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Oh, my, my little dog, Seeley. So, uh, Seeley, I got nine years ago. He is a three legged born with three legs, miniature rat terrier. And, um, he's just the best thing that ever happened to me, to be honest with you. And yeah, he's just, he's been the, I've just been like holding him for the past two days. Um, cause some things have happened in my life. And so I just been, tell him how much I love him and just bathing him in love and love and love. And so he gets all the benefits of, <laughs> of the love. And <laughs> well, he sure seems like a, a champion little fella. Every time I see pictures of him, he's either climbing a mountain or doing something. <laughs> well, you know, when I got him, his parents didn't even go outside. They were like totally indoor dogs and they wouldn't even barely go out on the porch to go to the bathroom. Well, the first day I got him, his mom actually tried to eat, eat him. Uh, there's oh like goodness. a, he's got his own survival story, but uh, <laughs> he was born with three legs. He was the runt of, of, of three and his mom tried to eat him down and the lady basically saved him. And that was at when he was around two weeks old. And so she hand fed him and his brothers and sister till they were six weeks old. And that's when I got him. And the first day I got him, I took him straight out to the mountains cause I'm all about being in nature and uh, we probably didn't even walk more than 100 feet, but for him, it was a new world and a new experience. And that's where our, like, that's how it all began for us. And I made sure that I wasn't going to treat him like he had a disability. I was going to treat him more like a five-legged German shepherd or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so we go up hills and there ain't nothing that little guy can do. <laughs> Except for swim, he's not the best swimmer. <laughs> Can you tell us, Wade, why you decided to write in Spiritual Spectrums? 
Um, well, the opportunity was offered to me to write in spiritual spectrum. So I was very much appreciated to have an opportunity to uh, offer some more of my life experiences and stories to um, people that are interested in reading the book, uh, you know. Um, Absolutely. What was the question? Why you decided to write in spiritual spectrums. Yeah, that was the reason because there's opportunity and I told myself five years ago, or it's been more than five years now, but I had on a vision board that I wanted to write five books. And so um, this would be number three that I'm a part of because I've written my own book and then I'm also a part of another anthology book. Um, that is amazing. So. Yes, I believe you had the weight factors. Uh, yeah, Wade Factors is my original book that I wrote. Um, basically, that book was I about seven. My my time frame isn't always that that great of remembering remembering time, but uh, I'd say about six or seven years ago I was going to commit suicide, and I didn't feel like um, I had anything to offer this this world. And um, at that particular time of this attempt, there was a voice and I believe it was God, you know, that said that I could do this, but like the pain that I, um, the pain that I'm holding on to or that I'm trying to escape from is only going to fall onto the people that I love. And the first thing I thought of was my son. And I was like, I can't leave my pain and leave that burden with somebody else to carry. So I didn't commit suicide. And within about three or four days, I started um, just looking at the way that my mind worked and how I was thinking and what was going on. And it just opened up a whole, it just opened up a whole nother door that was always there and available to me. I just never stopped to ask it any questions. I never stopped to look inside that door. Um, but when I did, the stuff that's in Wade factors is what came out. And it basically is based off your, uh, your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions. Um, I believe that they're all, they all work together. Yes. Um, we think thoughts or we feel feelings and then those lead to our actions. And if we're paying attention to these type of things, we can, I, I believe God is always really trying to reach out to us and, and, we're, he's it's always constantly working in our lives in some way. Now, whether we're aware of it or not is really up to us. Um, for a long time, I just walked around and really wasn't aware. But as I became to have that spiritual relationship with myself and not even just a spiritual relationship, just started having a relationship with myself and started to care for myself and love myself, then the spiritual side of it started to grow instantly. Like God, God has been there waiting for me to kind of, show up although Wade factors doesn't talk about god or anything like that it just is a very basic book that i wrote for myself for like the eight-year-old wade bloodgood like the nine-year-old wade bloodgood that that was you know in the third or fourth grade that was dealing with a lot of stuff going on at home and what he could have done then and even now as adult you could be 99 years old and use the steps inside wade factors to um just a stepping stone in the foundation of things that we could utilize in our life that can help us get stronger standing in our own life, you know, Absolutely. Um, because I've always been on shaky ground and I never was sure of myself and I didn't really, I didn't believe in myself or love myself or I didn't even think it, I, I didn't think I was good enough for anything. So 
And there was a lot of abuse and stuff that had occurred throughout my life in different forms and fashions that played a big role in the story that I was telling myself and the suffering that I was going through and continued to go through. And, uh, you know, I went off and did drugs and alcohol and did all kinds of things to try to self-medicate and to escape. And um, some of it kind of became like a survival mechanism as well. And, but I've worked myself through all of that stuff. And um, I just had to have a lot of major meltdowns, like literally like mental breakdowns where I feel like a part of myself had to die for this other part of me to have life. It was always there, but like I had to let this old, person of myself go so this new person that I always wanted to be and always could be and always was able to be that person has an ability now to have a life but before that 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 little child that that is now like that child was just in a closet that was black and terrified of everything outside and so yeah there and the voice wasn't just God the voice was myself which I believe you know God has created us uh, in many ways. God is so magnificent has created so much magnificence for us to see that God is real. Um, I'm not really so much. Um, and I'm not saying I'm not about the Bible or anything, but like um, I just have had a very personal connection with God and through nature, I've had that. And um, so for me, my experience is very real when I, when I use the word God, for me, the word God is just like energy Um and I believe it's, uh, you know, and so for me, it's just like, I utilize that energy within me to finally start to have that self-relationship with myself, Yes. Um, which was having a relationship with God. But I, I didn't understand any of that at that particular time. I mean, I knew about religion. I knew about God. I mean, I have family members that are, I mean, they hold on to their Bible tightly and they're ready to talk about it all the time at any point in time. And I really, um, not that I agree with everything, but I really do admire uh, people and, and how convicted they are in the things that they believe. I don't necessarily have to have conviction about it or even believe it for myself, but like I admire that conviction other people have um, regardless if I believe it or not, because I have these deep convictions for myself, but through my own experience, like I'm not really a reader of books, even though I've now been a writer of some books, but like, I don't really, I'm not a great reader. I'm not a great speller or punctuation. And I've kind of, because of those things, I've steered away from engaging in reading. And my intelligence has literally come from experience. And I I mean, I can't always explain this to everybody, but like just in tune to some innate higher consciousness of sort. Um, I think like I know tons of stuff. I don't even know how I know it. I just know. I, I can't really explain that, that divine uh, I mean, I can, there are some people that do understand it, but like a lot of the time I feel like, you know, when I'm talking to just the general public, it, you can maybe come across as like, well, maybe you might have some issues. And I'm like, well, yeah, of course, everybody has issues. <laughs> so, absolutely. Well, what are you hoping that readers will take away from your story? Well, what I'm hoping readers will take away from my story is that maybe through reading my story they can identify with their personal story within the the life that they live and be able to identify the things that i've identified with the things that i've expressed in the story that i shared um and maybe if they could just see that 
see that little bit of information. It might, might just be the information that clicks the light bulb for them. It could be the thing that they've been looking for, for because a lot of time I felt for myself, I was always, well, why did this happen? And I was always seeking for the answer because I felt like, well, if I knew why, then I, it made me feel better to just know why, why it, but it didn't fix anything and it didn't actually stop my suffering either. So when I realized, um, you know, telling stories and, and adding on to things that happened to us and it's not to like discredit things that have happened to us, but like how sometimes we can, uh, put ourselves down in these things that happen to us. And we start to tell a story about ourselves that is absolutely not true. And, and then, and then we lose our personal power. Like you can't, you're, it's like, if I feel like I'm not good enough, then it doesn't matter if, Sharon or the rest of the world comes and tells Wade, I love you. You're, you're a great guy. Uh, you're more than good enough because that is something that I have to have within me. It is great that other people, and what I found for myself is people do say a lot of nice things to me and compliment me a lot, but because I, I'm still shedding layers of myself that, um, it's hard to accept. It's awkward sometimes to get a compliment. Like when people say, oh, you're so intelligent or, you know, or, or sometimes they want to know where I got my intelligence from. Like, where did you go to college? And I'm like, uh, you know, I barely got out of ninth grade, you guys. It's like they go for really? You're like, you're really intelligent. And I'm like, well, thank you. I, I really appreciate it. But then at the same time, I almost feel like I need to run out of the room too before they find out I'm, you know, not as smart as uh they, they, they think that I appear to be, <laughs> but uh, I, that's I me. Can that's... Identify. I can identify with you uh, on that. I had a seventh grade education, even though I never graduated, received a GED. I went to college twice. <laughs> um, absolutely. And when I started writing, I couldn't spell. I didn't know anything about writing at all. And I just stepped out on faith and moved forward with it. I have people ask me every day, how did you manage to do all these things and not have a GED? Well, when God aligns you and purposes you for something, you will reach that goal if your heart allows you to move forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, part of the, the you know, just moving forward is the key. I like the phrase, you know, there's a lot of different phrases, but like, I like the one fall forward. And at least, you know, you're falling, at least you're falling towards something. Amen. <laughs> then there's another one fall back so you can look up. And if you can look up, you can get up, you know, and uh, that's a whole nother phrase of falling down. But I just know that I got to, you know, I do a lot of this self-talk. It's just, a, I always am telling myself that I love myself. I'm always telling myself positive things. And I've done it so much that, um, it's, I've rewired my brain. So, so literally like, it's so much easier to feel better. Like I used to have panic attacks and, and I mean, I used to just suffer from a lot of stuff. I, I, right now I normally try not to talk about it cause it's actually just kind of the past. It's not anything I'm experiencing now. So I like to talk about things that I'm doing now and trying to create now. But like I used to suffer from so many things and by implementing what I call mind exercise, just positive affirmation. Um, two of the best things that ever happened in my life. My book, Wade Factors, is, is basically mind exercise, positive affirmation, kind of like the discovery of all of that and what I do. But then the next thing I learned is what is in the, this book that we have right here with you is, and uh, that's just sharing like the path that led me to getting this next answer of like how things are happening to us, but how I'm also creating stories to these things. 
And when I got that key, because I had been meditating and praying and, and, and God had led me to all kinds of things that have really been helpful in my life, different practices to, to connect with myself and to connect with the higher energy of, of life and stuff. And um, I had been in meditation and, you know, a lot of time in meditation, they're like, is there anything that you want to let go here during this session? Or, and I would just focus so hard of, and I would cry and like, with my eyes closed and there's a group of people that I don't even know. And I'm like, just trying to will this. I'm not good enough out of my life. I'm like, please can this, I'm not good enough. Just go away. I just want to be loved and I want to be able to accept it. And it was horrible. But once I realized that I was creating stories and I, and I got, and I understood the concept of that, I was like, Oh my gosh, I've been, I've been doing this. And here's the cool thing. Everybody does it. But I have the ability now to make up what stories I want to make up. Do I want to make one up? Wade's not good enough and he can't be loved. And his dad was this and his stepdad did that. And now all those things did happen, but Wade's actually a good guy. Wade does love himself. Wade is good enough. Wade has accomplished more than he even thought he could. And imagine with that, I can accomplish much more. Um, the cool thing is I'm very excited about the things that I can't see. So I really do lead my life a lot by faith. The things that I can't see but I know that it's true and I feel guided to those things. And then it's almost like deja vu a lot of my life. Like I'm, I'm always in these places. I'm like, have I been here before? I, like a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I've been here in 2020. It's like, I've just lived this all before. It's all very familiar to me. And, um, but now I'm here recognizing things and I'm able to have a, a different experience while I'm doing this and I'm shifting the whole paradigm of what's going on. And it's all just based off me changing my story. And it's not just a story that I had about myself. It's a story I had about my dad and my stepfather and my brother and everybody in my life, my friends. It's you, you make up all kinds of things up about people just, you know, and um, I realized that I was doing those things in a very negative way. And it was very toxic in my life. And, and, and because of that, I attracted people that did the same thing. You, I mean, if, like if me and you were to start to talk about, you know, dating people and we had a bad dating experience, we could probably go back and forth between all the bad dating experiences because your memory of your experience is going to spark the energy of my memory. And so we can be caught up in these patterns of having, and it doesn't mean anybody's bad or anything, but we just get caught up in these these horrible habits of patterns in society are just like, it's normal to talk and gossip and in all of these things, you know, and I'm really, really working hard to just steer away from it. If people are talking about other people in a way that I feel is gossipy, I, I just, I just remove myself and I just let them know. I say, I, I, you know, no disrespect to you, but I don't want to listen to this and stuff. And I think that this is something you should address with the person that you're talking about. Like Amen. you're having a conversation about this person, but you're not having it with the person that you should be having it with, which is the person you got a problem with, you know, yes. if you think that they're all screwed up in all of these ways, then um, I've learned for myself too recently, like through all of this, that God has given me much more grace towards all the people in my life that had not shown me much grace at all. And I'm actually able to give back in ways that God wants me to give back instead of me kind of an eye for an eye and resentment for resentment and guilt for guilt. And 
Uh, I mean, you know, an eye for an eye, the whole world's blind. And that we all know that that saying, you know, I mean, nobody wins. And, and I just realized, you know, the rule, the number one rule is love, love God. Rule number two is love thyself and thy neighbor and thy everything and everyone, whether it's your enemy or not, as, as rule number one, as you love God, we're loving it all the same. And so there is no room for hate. There is no room for me having a bunch of gossip or, um, yeah, are there things going on in the world that are messed up? Absolutely, 100%. But what part am I playing in that story in the world as well? Not just the story in the world, but the story within the world of my life. You know, a lot of times things can be happening around me and I could say, well, I wasn't going to talk about it, but, and you had given me an opportunity, but my brother just recently passed away, right? And so he just passed away on, um, anyway, the 27th, Tuesday, whatever, earlier this week. And it's just like, you can't can't prepare for these type of things. So, but like, I have been preparing for these moments. Like I am prepared for this because I have been doing God's work. I've been doing the work within myself and I've been blessed with like this grace. And it doesn't mean that things aren't going on that are bad, but I also realized this happened to my brother. My brother died. I, I didn't. Is it sad? And it, do I need to grieve? Absolutely. I'm not, everybody needs to do everything the way that they need to do it. But I also need to let everybody be who they are. And before I wanted to kind of control, hey, how come you guys are doing, and people would do it to me too. Hey, how come you're doing that? I want you to be like this. It makes me feel better when I see you doing this. And when I relinquished control and said, I need to be in control of me, and that relationship stems with me and the relationship I got with God, and I need to leave that relationship with them. Like, you know, you know, I mean, I didn't expect the word God to come up so much speaking with you right now. And I'm sure my (laughs) uncle would be very proud when he hears this podcast. Um, Because when I told him, I said, I do want to give more glory to God, you know, because Jesus is, you know, is everything. everything. And so, um, and I said, I just noticed, you know, you even did that and you you shared that with me in in the message to me. And I told my uncle, I said, you know, in private, in private, I I do give, I do give the glory to God, but like, why am I not doing that? Why am I not sharing that with the public? And then I, I I know exactly why I'm not doing that. I know exactly why I'm not sharing it because I don't want people to get misconstrued my word of God with their ideas of maybe religion or extreme extremism of Christianity or, you know, and there's a lot, Hey, listen, I come from a lot of people that are Christians, but they don't necessarily, they love Jesus, but they still are working on having the love of rule number one and two, you know what I mean? They're still, you know, we're still mad at Democrats and we're still mad at Republicans (laughs) and we're still mad at this person. We're still mad at all kinds of things. And it's like, and I get it. It is upsetting. But if we can change that story, and here's the thing about the story. Like, we are all a work in upset, progress. We, we can have a, it's about communication. So yeah. if I'm over here and I have Democratic friends or I'm just using politic as an example, but like just people with huge indifferences of beliefs, you know, but they also have a lot of similarities and things that they actually believe in too. We all have the basic needs of having a family, wanting our kids to be good. You know, we want to be healthy and we want to love our wives and our husbands. And we all want, we all want that. I I would assume everybody would want that for each other and people that don't, 
those people obviously have some problems and they probably need hug and they need love and they need, they need, they need people like me that understand because I've been in those places before where I created my own hell. I lived within the prison, within my mind that I created. I, I thought it, there was some other jailer. I thought that it was the warden. But when I finally faced the music and the devil, if you will, um, I was the one. I was the bars. I was the key to the freedom. There, I was all of everything. I was the jailer, the jail, the jail. And but I've set myself free, and that's what I'm trying to get for other people. Um, and, and and there is a part of me that has held myself back. Not that I'm not good enough, but the story that there is no proof that I'm intelligent other than people saying I am. And a lot of people want credentials. Hey, or even using the word God, I don't want people to get misconstrued my experience with God with um, somebody else's religious ideas of what it is. Well, we all have our own individual journey that we must walk with him. No one path is the same. It wasn't meant to be. Absolutely not. But I want to talk about another book. This book, we shared a story in together. Uh, this beautiful book called Resilient by Miss Kelly Fitzgerald. It was compiled by Miss Con- Kelly Fitzgerald and Lisa James through Ivy Lane Press Publishing. And I believe the cover design was by Miss Lee Friday. And I think Mr. Ta- Tony Dodd did the editing. Um, can you tell me about your story and resilient? Yeah. Now resilient was another book that was offered to me um, to write a story in. And to be honest with you, (laughs) because I've like literally tried to do so much work to like not let these stories be my like the good part about writing a book is like I've been, I was able to write it out and get it out yeah. now I don't have to literally carry the story around with me in my mind in the memory banks if you know what I mean it doesn't mean that I can't remember what I wrote in there but yeah here's what that was basically about you know when I was a uh, 11 years old um, you know uh, the, the story really in that book is based off of not my biological father that was more of a physical, emotional abuser, but had to do with my stepfather and my mother. And at 11, my stepfather had molested me and I ran, yelled and told like you're, you're taught to do, but nobody protected me. Um, They believe my mom believed him over me and she tried to convince me that that never happened. And down the road, he ended up molesting and raping other individuals in the family that were also boys. And it doesn't really matter who, but it, other kids were molested by this man and um, it just really, it really, really tore me because at 11 years old, I needed my mom more than ever. And when she believed him over me, uh, I just instantly felt abandoned. Now it didn't mean that I was, I still lived in the house with them and I, they fed me and clothed me and I got everything a person should have. But um the trust and the security and feeling like somebody, I mean, that, that added to, I can't be loved and I'm not good enough because my mom chose her boyfriend over her own child. And there was nothing I could say or do. And it didn't, the more I tried to cry and convince, I was just causing more problems for myself with my stepdad, 
you know, and I had to continue to live with him for years. And I never knew what was going to happen next. And I knew that he already knew that he had convinced the number one person that he needed to convince that he wasn't doing that type of stuff. So the possibilities of him doing this to me, but he never did do anything to me. And um, yeah, I mean, that that's basically what that experience is, like how I made it through all of that and yeah. how my step, how my stepdad continued to remain in our lives through the years. Like he ended up having manic depression, bipolar, and he was out of his mind. And I mean, at this point we're talking, when my dad left at seven years old, my stepdad, by the time I was eight or nine was already around. So he molested me like at 11. Well, he was still in my life up till around like 16 years old, you know? Yeah. He had kind of came, he 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 came and he went like he had a mental problem he went away but my mom loved him so much when he came down from his mental trip they reunited again and they got back together but then eventually he went he got went crazy again and it all just it was the end of the end it was the final chapter and um so yeah and you know but I made it through all of that you know I had to learn to I don't condone anybody touching kids, period. I don't give a shit who you are. Excuse my language. Um, but like I had to find forgiveness and I had to like, that's another thing that's, that I'm, I'm learning right now in the past few days too, is just like, but I already discovered it. So it's just more, more, it's more God giving me confirmation. Yes. Yes. You've got it right. Yes. You've got it right. Yes. You do understand forgiveness, Wade. So maybe now you can help convey what that means for other people so they can help work through it so they can find the forgiveness for themselves. But, you know, my whole life, I was just waiting for somebody else to show up. I was waiting for the adults to save me. I was waiting for somebody to protect me. I was waiting for somebody to, yeah, all those things and nobody did. And I realized that I had to be the one to do it for myself. And, yes. and God honestly was always, you know, I, I said this a long time ago and I haven't said it for a long time, but there was a dream I had one time where, and there's also a picture on a wall that I'm sure you've seen too, where there's just footsteps in the stand, right? Yes. So anyway, this, for some reason I feel emotional about this, but um, in my dream, there was only one footstep, but then I had the dream again. And then there was two because in the original dream I had the feet that I saw in the sand was God's God was carrying me all that time that I didn't know. I was just a child of God born and a lot of things happened and I didn't really know. And, but when I was ready to walk on my own two feet, God set me down and I got to walk with God in the sand. Now, when I say God, I'm not saying that I saw somebody there. I just saw the image of these feet. And this is the story that I'm telling of my experience of what that meant for me, you know? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Uh, I basically have survived it all. And I realized that, you know, um, like this is another thing I've learned about forgiveness as well. When my brother passed, like I had a lot of resentment towards my brother and stuff about things that had to do with his children and his ex-wife. And, and uh, really a lot of it was really none of my business, to be honest with you. It was his life and choices he made. And yes, he, people were being hurt that he loved and that I loved too. Um, but those were his choices and it was their problems to be working through. And uh, 
I just remember for many years, I just had a hard time dealing with my brother because of the choices he made in life and stuff. And, uh, but the last couple times I got to see him and we had lunch, I just got this. He shared just a little bit more with me that I never heard before. He like just opened up a little bit more. And when he did, it just, um, it allowed me to like, it just the forgiveness and the resentment I had to, I was like, wow, I just saw my brother in a different light and all of this ill feeling that I had towards him. And it just all went away, you know? And I'm so thankful that that had happened too, because this is, it's getting to my point. It's like, there's other people with my brother that didn't, that didn't ever get to let that resentment go. They didn't get to let go the guilt. The relationship with him was never mended in a way that felt good for them. And when somebody, this is why forgiveness, why people are alive is so important because he can be shared. My dad was alive and, and, and I tried to punish him as an older child. You know, I, I was sometimes mean to him too. And, and he goes, I don't understand why you're treating me this way. I said, well, listen, I had to suffer as a kid because you did this. And I was always bringing up the past and said, I'm going to punish you. You know, it's, I said, you know, you, when I was a kid, you'd punish us pretty hard. I said, but you, nobody, you never got punished for the things you did to me. And I said, I'm the one that's going to punish you. Well, when my dad got cancer, he said, I'm not going to let you punish me anymore. You know? Well, the thing is, is when somebody dies, you can't punish them anymore. And the only place that punishment and that regret and that resentment can go is back onto yourself. And that's, a, you can, I mean, I know when my dad died, the, it was a horrible day, but it was one of these great days for me too, because all of a sudden the relationship I wanted with my dad my whole life, this loving relationship that I wanted with him that he couldn't even have with himself. So there's no surprise he couldn't have it with me. Did he love me as his son? Of course he did. did but he didn't have the love to give the love that I needed, right? So my job is just to give that love back to all of them. And my dad is in my life now. So, but my dad's passed away now. So my dad's in spirit, but my dad is proud of me. My dad loves me. My dad is not ashamed of the mistakes he made when he was here because listen, he can't change that anymore. And he's not upset with me and all the people that he did something bad to in life. They're not upset with him either. And there's no reason for me to carry on that nonsense either. And so there is one thing I know because I've had the connection for myself is even though the person that has died that maybe we didn't give them forgiveness and we were trying to punish them. And now we feel bad because we can't say we're sorry and we can't mend it. That relationship is always mendable because listen, your mom, your dad, anybody you love is always right there. And they're there for you now in the way that they never maybe could have been here as, as a, a human, because our spirit doesn't, this is my experience. Other people might say different, but like the spirit doesn't have these problems we're down here having these humanly problems and a lot of it's just regurgitated. That's why, you know, it's not even hereditary. It's just like my parents did the best they could with what they knew. And there was so much that they didn't know. So that, how could they teach me? They did what they could. So I learned negative behavior. I learned being abusive is normal behavior. I learned doing drugs is normal behavior, but then normal that's one story in the world. Normal to who? Normal to people that got problems, right? There's other people out there that don't do those type of things that also have problems and there's still issues. And there's still, I know people that come from families that have a lot of money. They don't have abusive. They said, man, we had everything we wanted pretty much. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to say anything bad about my parents, but we were spoiled. And, but there is one thing I just never felt loved, but I had all the things that said that they loved me, but I don't remember being hugged. 
I don't remember all of these little detailed things. And so I, I just know forgiveness is a big thing and you, you, sh you shouldn't wait. You shouldn't wait, you know, like you just shouldn't wait. You, you need to call these people up today. And I did this too. Like after my brother, I basically sent messages to some of my cousins and, and one of my aunts that, you know, we have been estranged for some things I did and some things they did, but it's not really who did what or whatever. I take full responsibility for anything I've done that's hurt anybody. And all I ask is, can you guys please forgive me? Because I, I would like to love you guys. And I'd like to, you know, it, it, life is too short. I can't, uh, I can't have another call and then find out my aunt passed away and I never sent her that message, but I did. I sent those messages. Now, only one person out of all those people that I sent messages to sent back a message that I feel is, is, uh, was like communicating what they heard what I said and they communicated back that they don't, they are not, they're not holding anything against me and they've forgiven me a long time ago as well. But everybody else's response was it's, they're still stuck in that place. But for me, that doesn't hurt me because I'm already forgiven them. And I realize that their suffering has nothing to do with me. And they may want me to feel pain because they're trying to punish me because they feel I did something bad to them a long time ago. But the truth is, is they're just punishing themselves. I'm out here living a, a decent life. Like, yeah, do I have some days I'm sad? But you know what? It's a blue skies. The sun is shining. The temperatures are great. Um, if you're overthinking shitty things about me, I feel bad for you because I'm having a great time, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know? And I'm praying for everybody out there that can't forgive and that you can't, you know, I'm not saying don't forget, but if you want to hold Wade Bloodgood accountable for everything that he did was wrong, then at the same time, you got to realize that you yourself are also going to be held accountable for everything that you've done wrong. Now, now all I got to say to anybody that's doing that to anybody, how does that feel to you when somebody does that to you? Hey, remember what you did? You go, man, that was 10 years ago. Why do you keep throwing that in my face? It's the same type of thing. So when you forgive somebody, you know, there is a saying, you know, you forgive, but you don't forget. I feel like this. When I forgive, there is no more animosity. There is no more holding you hostage of what you did 10 years ago. I forgive you completely and wholeheartedly. And, it, and that's how my forgiveness is. And if I, I can't offer that to you, then I don't offer you forgiveness. I offer you something else until I can keep working with the God within myself that allows that forgiveness to be just like it happened with my grandparents and my father and my brother. And it's all been happening for me. So I, I exercise my right for, to utilize this thing called forgiveness. And it, it, it's a great thing for me because it's actually freed me up from lots of mental crap Absolutely. that's self-induced because I'm the one that's chosen to carry it around. Nobody's forcing Wade Bloodgood to, to think the way he thinks or do the things he does. I'm in control of these things. I can't blame anybody. You know, Absolutely. I can't even blame God. You know, I can't say, cause sometimes people will say, well, why, you know, God did this or the devil did it. I go, listen, you, it, you've seen those, you've seen those cartoons. It's like the devil's on this shoulder and the, the angels on that one. We all know that. And we all know that we're the one that flicks the other one off the shoulder. We're the one that makes the final decision to say, hey, you, buzz off. So I can't blame even God or the devil. I've got to take, I got to say, God gave me the free will to make a choice. And what am I choosing? And it's not based off what my aunt did or my dad did or somebody did to me 20 years ago. And before I used to, I used to use, utilize those things as my excuse. You know, I was molested. I was abused. I was this. 
and uh, it helped me to justify my my actions that were very poor in in actions like lying, cheating, stealing, and just a real piece of crap, you know, and nothing to be be respected. Uh, but now I've changed those ways and I've I've apologized and doing the best I can to to do what I'm here to do because also God said that there's more for me to do. Now I don't know what that is. I didn't get like the I didn't get the Zoom chat that hey here's what that looks like and here's the here's the memo of what you're doing and the agenda and where you're supposed to go. I don't know, but I I believe that this book and this podcast and all the things that have led me to the people, places, and things that allow me to continue to speak my voice is allowing me to do what God said that there's more for me to do. Absolutely. Loving forward and healing forward in faith. Absolutely. Absolutely. Give me a quote you love or live by. Well, my favorite quote is, um, emancipate yourself from mental slavery because none but ourselves can free our own minds. And that's a quote from Bob Marley, which also for some reason makes me feel emotional because <laughs> it's uh, just because Bob Marley was a great man and he also had a connection with God. I mean, you know, and uh, you just, when you hear the truth, you can't deny the truth either. So <laughs> absolutely. And another one of my, I know that I put this one down too. What, another great one for me that I think is very valuable is don't let other people's opinions become your reality. And that one for me really helped me. Uh, I heard that from a motivational speaker, Les Brown, which is absolutely amazing man. Um, he really just listening to the man helped my life tremendously. He was one person that helped save my life as well. Just listening to this man um, talk and his own struggles of life. And, um, but like for so long, I let the opinions of like my, my, my biological dad would say to me things like, well, the word you can't be loved or you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not educated enough. He said, nobody will love you. You'll never have a wife. You'll never have a family. Well, at some point, I was like, he's right. And I allowed his opinion to become my opinion of myself. And so here's where I'm at. Like, even here's where I am with people's opinions. I thank you so much that you have good opinions about me. Thank you that you think I'm intelligent. And you know what? Thank you that you think I'm ignorant. I appreciate that you have an opinion, but at this point, your opinions don't mean anything to me. I can't put any weight on anybody else's words. Those words have to come from me, and I have to believe them first before I can believe you. So once Wade believes I can be loved, now when Sharon says, Wade, I love you, I accept it full-heartedly, and I embrace that love. I don't deny it, and I actually rejoice in the good feeling of what that love is. Before you could, I didn't love myself, and you say, Wade, I love you. And I would take that love and I would be like, oh my God. And it would, I, would, I would fail that love because I wouldn't honor that love. And I would reject that love. And, yes, and God, God, God was probably saying, why are you doing this to yourself? You know? And I, I'm like, I, this, but I thought that this was the way. I thought self-suffering was the way. My mom did it. It's a family member. This is whatever. They've all been doing it. But I realized this too. I, Wade Bloodgood, if if I'm the one out of all of the generations and of all the time man has ever been alive, if I'm the one that's got to wake up, if I'm the one that's got to do the work for everybody and all my ancestors can be free of being held down and being oppressed from the mental oppression that, that some say we carry on in spirit. I, I, I don't personally believe that. I just think it's easiest to learn. 
I just think it's just real. Like I had to train myself to say nice things to myself. I heard so many bad things for so long. It just became normal yeah. spirit. They don't, we're not talking this up in spirit. Spirit don't have negative things to say about things. No, it's just a matter it's of breaking made bullshit. Chain. <laughs> yeah. It's a matter of breaking that chain and creating a new legacy. Right. Absolutely. I have so enjoyed speaking with you today uh, and having you here on BF Podcast. Can you give me some contact information for you, Wade? Uh, my contact information, I'm on Facebook, just Wade Bloodgood. I also have a page on Facebook called The Wade Bloodgood Journey. Um, I really have not been posting things there for any amount of time, but it is there and I may really get back into posting it at it. It's there for a reason. Um, I do have a, a, a group page called liberation, uh, inspiration, motivation, nation type thing. Um, uh, has a lot to do with like law of attraction. I share a lot of things to do with law of attraction and just anything positive um, and anything that's helpful for people. Um, people are willing to join that group and, receive motivating stuff or inspirational things and uh, willing to share those things with other people too. Um, if there's anything that people post that I don't feel is conducive, that don't feel right for me, I, I just remove it and don't really say anything to anybody. Um, but everybody's free to share. If you even have a business that helps people with coaching, I don't really mind any advertising just to, as long as it's marketed towards like, being helpful for people's lives. If you're like, Hey, I've got a product, like I'm selling necklaces. That's not really what I'm talking about. So, um, I also have like a YouTube channel called the way blood good journey. Uh, I'm also at Instagram at the way blood good journey. And you can also, anybody can contact me at Wade bloodgood at outlook.com. And this isn't really something I've done before, but I've been wanting to do it for a while. So, Anybody that really is in this a position where they really need somebody to talk about, my phone number is also available, and that number is 503-308-3817. Um, I really need to make myself more available to people. Um, I do buy and sell things for a living, but the truth is, is my calling is really wanting to help people just uh, – having this relationship with yourself where you begin to care more about yourself and the impact that it can have for you, because this journey has been going on for a lot longer than I even realized. And I really, you know, I'm, I don't write like a journal or a diary, but I can see like Facebook memories have almost been that for me because I'm looking at memories from 11 years ago and I'm reflecting of where I was mentally. And I actually have been on a, I've really been on the path of going in a good direction for a long time. So with that being said, I just want people to know sometimes you feel like, Oh my gosh, you know, it will always be this way. I just want you to know, no, it won't. <laughs> it can be so many other things. It, 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 it can be hellacious sometimes, but like there's so much more that can be. And, you know, I would have never imagined that life could be so good and that I could feel so much better about just myself it doesn't mean like I'm richer, like I have more finances or anything, but like I can look myself in the mirror and I can say, I love you, Wade. And I'm not crying about it. Like I genuinely care about myself. Um, I had a lot of body issues because I felt like I'm skinny and that's ugly. Well, I have loved myself in my skinniness and um, that's just a story that's not real. And what's crazy is the fact that I've set 
had this little story and I made a YouTube vid video about it as well of just sharing with the world this disgusting story of like how ugly I feel within my own skin, you know, being a skinny guy and how unattractive that is and my whole story behind that. But since I made that video, which is maybe like about a month now or so, I've probably gained like five or seven pounds. I'm not even kidding you. So my body in the story of me disliking myself and me loving myself as it is, my body's saying, wow, thank you. And now my body's actually receiving nourishment and it's, it's doing, it's, it's utilizing the food in a way that I've been wanting it to do for a long time. <laughs> I've actually got like a roll around my belly. Like I'm like, and maybe it's just a roller. And you know, I actually want muscles or stuff, but it's a start. At least, Absolutely. at least my body's packing. It says, yeah. Oh, you want to store up some fat? You want to store up, some, you need it because I really didn't have much body fat either. You know, I was walking around malnourished probably a good majority of my life. Just I'm surprised that i my body actually held up for so long and, and has allowed me to get to where I'm at now. But, uh, well, well, thank you so much for letting me share. Absolutely. You're such a great inspiration and, and you have such an amazing uh, story that you share. And I'm, I'm grateful that you shared it with us in spiritual spectrums. And I am excited to see what 2021 has in store for weight blood good. <laughs> All good things. And Absolutely. for you too, Sharon, for, for you too. <laughs> Absolutely. And I look forward to speaking with you again here real soon. Thank awesome. you. Thank you for joining us here today. Thank you. Thank you for joining us here today at BF Podcast. And as always, you're always forever welcome. Be sure to stop by and like, share, and subscribe. And remember, much love and light to you always my beautiful friends. Have a blessed day. Bye, Wade. Bye.